1: any disease.
2: The Healthy Baby Show is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and HealthyBaby.com.
3: I would tell families after the diagnosis, it's not game over, it's game on. And you need to find your hero to help pull you forward. And my hero was my kid.
2: There's so much about having a baby that I wasn't prepared for, and I feel like I've learned a lot. I want to let you in on what I've discovered and save you the time and effort, give you a shortcut through the hours of research, correspondence with experts, the roller coaster of it all, so that you can walk away with new knowledge that you can act upon every episode. This is The Healthy Baby Show. I'm Shazi Visram. You just heard from my friend and mentor, Lisa Ackerman. After her son was diagnosed at two and a half in 1999 with autism, Lisa started a parenting support group that later became the nonprofit TACA, the Autism Community in Action. Lisa has helped so many parents navigate the moment after a child receives a diagnosis. For those of you who don't know, autism is characterized by three sets of core symptoms, repetitive behaviors, a challenge with communication, be it verbal or nonverbal, and then the development of social skills that enable us to really connect with each other. And as I've talked about in some earlier episodes, like Lisa, my own son, Zane, was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. And she's right that when your child gets a neurological diagnosis, it may feel like a punch to the gut, but it's game on, not game over. And she knows, because she's lived it, and so have I. It
3: was June 1st, 1998, nine o'clock meeting. I remember like that was yesterday. So our pediatrician was on vacation, and the sub was in. And I said for the third time, he's not speaking. It's like he's deaf. He can't understand me. He is constant energy. He is on fire and he's having trouble sleeping. And she said, you need to get to a neurologist and you need to get a speech and language evaluation and a hearing test. So I made all the phone calls. The first one that came up was the speech evaluation. And she looked at me and said, so you're here for autism. And I'm like, no, you're my first appointment. My second appointment was the audiologist. You know, trying to put headphones on the kid was like you were trying to cut his head off. And the third appointment was the neurologist. And he's like, well, you already know he has autism. Why are you here? And I'm like, the speech pathologist said, we need to see you. The audiologist said, we need to see you. And now we're here. And they're like, he's like, oh yeah, he's on the spectrum. Moderate to severe. I'm putting the moderate word in there for you. And it was the worst experience. And honestly, I don't feel he was trying to be mean. I think he was exasperated with his day, and he was exasperated with Jeff destroying his clinician room.
2: I remember mine. It was April 12th, 2012.
3: I know it better than anniversaries and birthdays.
2: I am with you. It's oddly funny. I remember the same speech therapist, because the neurologists have such a long wait list. And she gave us the autism diagnosis. And it was really difficult because for us too, Zane had regressed. He hadn't always been that way. He used to talk and dance and do these other things. And it was just, the whole thing was so shocking.
4: There is a quality of shame when something's been given to you that you didn't expect. And it's it's a kind of shame when a diagnosis is handed to someone.
2: Dr. Stephen Cowan is a pediatrician with over 30 years of clinical experience. He has a subspecialty in developmental pediatrics, which means he takes the time to understand how a child is integrating and developing from each stage to the next. In fact, he gave me Zane's diagnosis.
4: When you tell someone, you know, their one-year-old, this is asthma, there's this dance people go around not saying it. Because people start projecting someone on a respirator or someone where, you know, oxygen, when in fact that's not the reality at all. But that's what we project out of a word.
2: You know, with the diagnosis, my mind and my heart went to all of the worst possible outcomes. This could be a life sentence. And actually, I remember you telling me there's so much to be done here. And we need to start addressing all of these other things.
4: Yes, and so game on is a really great statement because it means let's get going. Yes, you're in grief. Yes, this hurts. Yes, this is scary. But let's get going.
2: I can tell you, I remember the first six months or so of sort of diagnosis and the level of anxiety and stress and fear that I had absolutely transferred to Zane. And if those symptoms of autism were already prevalent, they were exacerbated by my fear because he's looking to me as a source of comfort and safety. And your child is always looking to you, regardless if they're typically developing or not, we have to hold it together for them. It's taken me a long time to get comfortable knowing that I'm going to be a safe space for my son for as long as he will have me, and as a gift.
4: Your relationship to the child has to shift to be a more empowered state, and you have to be held and supported in doing that. So who's supporting mom or dad or any parent is just as important as supporting the child. Game on means... We're a team, and you gather your team.
2: So I started gathering my team, and that team included Lisa Ackerman, who you heard earlier. And here's the advice she gives to all parents in this situation.
3: You divide the problem in half. You know, you start your early intervention therapies, apply behavioral analysis, speech, and OT. And then you get a functional medicine doctor, like Dr. Rosen, and you peel back the layers and do some testing, labs, every kid's different. We know studies today, every individual with autism on average has four point nine additional diagnoses that are medical in nature and affect physiology and behavior. And if you fix those things, test, treat, and fix, their life is more comfortable. They can actually learn in a typical environment and they can make it extremely Positive progress: You ended up being my mentor.
2: It's now been 10 years saga, and you were one of the first people who gave me a roadmap to follow. What would you tell me today if I called you saying, "The neurologist says that I need to get comfortable with this and find a way to live with it?
3: I want to tell every parent to consider this your master's or PhD program and never stop learning. And the best thing about autism, Truly, is research is coming at a massively fast pace. There's 50 to 100 abstracts being published every week on new treatments and therapies. So we should have great faith. We may not have the answer today, but it's coming. And it's coming fast.
2: Well, the science is really clear when you're looking at a lab and you see gut dysbiosis, candida. You see that yeast is so high, I remember telling you that I'm like, Lisa, he does this thing where he's up all night long and he's laughing and it's cute at first, but then after a while it gets a little bit scary because it's like this maniacal laughter. And you were the first person who was like, oh, that's yeast. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh, so you can treat that? Oh, this has something to do with gut health. And there were so many things that I'd learned that I didn't realize were opportunities to improve Zane's overall well-being and health that I think are fundamental to all of our children.
3: I have a sticky over here that I look at all the time. In the 1980s, 5 to 10 percent of our children had chronic health issues. Now we're in 2020, it's almost 50 percent of U.S. children have chronic health issues. So I wouldn't say it's just autism. Chronic eczema, chronic night wakening, chronic reflux, bumps on the shoulders and elbows shouldn't be on typical children, ever. These are all really commonly, easily treatable items, and it and shouldn't be on kids with autism. So we should do something about it. And they shouldn't have dark circles like me, but I, it's because I'm not sleeping. So I just encourage people, like, if something doesn't feel right, and if they're putting something on a prescription pad that's a daily medicine for your kid, maybe there's something else you can consider in addition Whenever I see meds, I love meds. I think they save a lot of people from a lot of things. But I have a high respect also knowing that it also will mask the issue, not treat. So I would encourage people to think beyond a prescription pad as to what's the underlying cause. What can we do to test and treat?
2: What do you tell parents who they're thinking of having a baby and they're thinking, gosh, the world is pretty crazy. I mean, 50% of children have a chronic disorder. What can I do to create the best possible outcome?
3: Well, I love our collaboration with Neurological Health Foundation. One, they have a great downloadable PDF. Take a look at it, work through the issues like water, food, toxins in the home, pesticides. If you could do one a week before you get knocked up for real, great. Or if you are pregnant right now, do not fret. If you have a brand new baby... I always tell people, please, please, please love and enjoy that baby. Don't look at everything like it's hard to be not on pins and needles, but try to love and be present. But if you have a concern, bring up that what to expect when you're expecting book, look at the milestones and observe your kid critically. And then maybe have one of your dear mom friends who's had multiple children look at your kid critically and please, please, please do not say wait and see. Wait and see is not a strategy. I hate wait and see.
2: It's not over for me. I'm still deep in the heart of autism. Zane's talking a lot and he's doing so many things that I'm just so thrilled with. And it's exhausting and it's amazing to see him make the progress. And I have all the hope in the world for him still. But I know it's not just a marathon. It's like an ultra marathon, not a sprint. We'll be back after a quick break. Can we talk about your experience with Jeff and where he is today? Because the story of Jeff right now is so incredibly inspiring and keeps my hope alive for my son.
3: So that boy with the 19 symptoms, and he was similar to Zane. He regressed. He had uh, 10 words and about 20 words approximated. All of them were gone within a one-month period. And his sleep became a nightmare and then explosive diarrhea alternating with vomiting and constipation. so, of those 19 symptoms we talked about, there was a lot of stemming, a lot of flapping, a lot of toe walking, uh, a lot of aggression. Today, he's uh, in his senior year at his first choice university. And he's doing everything he can to meet and chat with girls. He's out talking to everyone about everything. Uh, He's composing music. He plays three instruments. He loves to write. He loves to read. He loves to be with his friends. I would say he's got an extremely bright, fantastic future in front of him. Uh, And that's a far cry when we were first told the autism diagnosis. He's the best version of me and my husband. Best version. There are parts that I would say autism brings out the best and everyone around them. There's things that I really appreciate about this journey. Like you said, celebrating every major milestone. That's really, if every parent would do that, I would really think we'd all have a better outlook. Uh, Celebrating, loving, being thankful for what you have. But that comes from great adversity and things being taken away and health being deprived. Even though I love my son, and I would have 4,000 of them if I could, he's the best thing that's ever happened to our family.
2: Lisa, can you go over the stats of all the families that TACA works with? What percentage of them see improvement, you know, might eventually even lose a diagnosis?
3: I think the best day was January 10th, 2013, when the National Institutes of Health published a study that children with autism can recover with proper medical treatment unique to their needs and therapeutics. That was a great day, it talked about possibilities and whenever I bring up that study, I think I only meet one out of a hundred people know that is even a possibility. So that study said 10 to 20% recover. I think that number is possibly higher and the reason why I think it's higher is that if more people knew, more people would try. I do see a lot of kids that get to a place where they have true independence. I met with one kid, he just finished college. He's got a job, but he has a side hustle. He makes his homemade salsa and sells it to family and friends and I buy it from him all the time. I the kid is cute as can be and doing great. A little quirky, I'll take that, I'm kind of quirky. So I look at recovery as a term where that individual no longer needs any assistance of any kind and is indistinguishable from their peers.
2: That'll always be my North Star. And I feel like even if in my lifetime it doesn't happen, which I believe it will, because, I mean, we have found a vaccine within a year of COVID starting, I believe that we will find a number of reliable and meaningful treatments or therapies in the course of the next 10 and 20 years that will help Zane and Jeff and so many of the other kids that are out there. He's still on the spectrum. <laughs> but that's, that, see, that's the thing is like, I, I love neurodiversity and I love the idea of all of us having different ways that our brains work and process information, it it makes life richer. What I don't love is feeling like my child is trapped inside a body that doesn't work with him and doesn't allow him to be independent. That's what I don't love. I feel like a constant focus on improving and learning and helping Zane feel more and more comfortable and happy is a really good pursuit of my time.
3: I'm not against autism. Let me just be clear. I love our kids. I love and accept our kids where they are today. I just have big dreams for where they can be in the future. You know, 40% are non-speakers, you know, four times likely to have GI issues, 40 times to die from wandering or injuries, shorter life expectancy than the rest of the population, 40% have crippling anxiety, 38% have seizures, 53% have sleep issues. 14% of adults in the community will have a paid job. I don't like that stuff. What I don't like is the bullying. I don't like the crimes. I don't like what happens to our kids with these health issues. I would very much like for people to love and accept who they are for their gifts because they are extraordinarily talented and things to give. I want them to lead beautiful, fulfilling, dream-filled lives. I really want that to be clear. Neurodiversity is great when it doesn't come with stuff that stops you from living your full potential. Of
2: course, I agree. Um, Can we step back? What advice or counsel would you have given yourself 25 years ago? Because you've been through so much and you've mentored so many people through their own very unique and personal journeys.
3: I actually have a blog on that, Dear Lisa, and one of them is, please get a pedicure. Your toes are terrible. (laughs) Uh, So I would say to a person, don't hold the steering wheel so tight that you forget and are not present day to day. You got to be able to love and live. Uh, Remember you're married if you've got a husband or wife out there. Remember to love on them and remember... They aren't just annoying and make you frustrated. Bring them in as part of your team. And for God's sakes, this was a big mistake for me. If you have other kids, make sure you make them feel special now and again. Sometimes all the autism therapy and attention feels like you don't love them as much. And so please remember to love on them. And I know that's a lot to juggle, but you got to find your cadence and your balance. We'll be back after a quick
2: break. Welcome back to The Healthy Baby Show. I've wondered, through my own journey, what the future will bring as more and more parents face this kind of diagnosis. I know how hard it is, and I also know that now the parents of one in 54 babies are gonna get this diagnosis. Why do you think we find ourselves in a time where autism in America is affecting one in 54 children? ADHD is roughly at least 10%, if not more. Asthma, eczema. Why are all of these things so drastically on the rise?
4: The way I say it and teach it is the epidemic of autism, asthma, ADHD, allergies, and autoimmune diseases and Alzheimer's disease. What do they have in common is inflammation. That inflammation is the smoke detectors going off in our world that are house is on fire
2: yeah when we get the diagnosis the first thing i was told to do is to understand that there is this inflammation underlying autism and the inflammation in the brain is somehow linked to inflammation in the gut and the digestive system and so then i began to unpack that and work with you and many other specialists to restore zane's microbiome to ensure that he was actually getting the nutrition from the food he was eating, and then to focus on supplementing areas where there was not balance. That was one of the first things. Working with the labs was really empowering for me because it gives you something to work on and address.
4: That's right. I predicted in the 90s that every doctor would have an extensive uh, knowledge base of nutrition by the year 2000. And boy, was I wrong. Now, I taught medical students this past year. Every year I ask them this question. These are fourth year medical students, and I ask them, So tell me, how much training have you had in nutrition? And it's invariably still to this day in 2021 an hour.
2: I could tell you that my hope for the future is that pediatricians not only understand and are required to understand how nutrition affects development and growth, but also how development is something that they should be more keenly aware of in every single appointment, regardless of whether or not there's anything quote-unquote wrong.
4: That's right. I don't even want to call it preventative care anymore. I want to call it proactive care. Preventive care sounds fear-based. We're preventing problems. No, we're optimizing growth and development. But proactive means not getting out of the room as soon as you walk in the room. To actually spend time seeing the wonder and marvel and miracle of growth and development happening right before your eyes and the way that connects to the future, right? The way the trajectories start laying out tracks of individuality so that you see how your daughter's trajectory is different than your son's They don't have to be exactly the same, but that's going against the factory model of medicine that's been built, the one-size-fits-all model. So we have to change that. And the best way to do it at this point in my career, after 35 years of pediatrics, is the parents are the place to empower
2: Well, that's it for our show this week. Next week, we'll be back with diapering and potty training. We're going to be talking about all the things parents aren't prepared for the first time they put a diaper on their child, as well as why the diapering moment is a missed opportunity to connect with your baby and support their brain development. We'll also learn all about the different ways to potty train your child and how we can do it in a shame-free way that supports their growth wherever they are. Join us next time. The Healthy Baby Show is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and HealthyBaby.com, where you can find a new line of the safest baby essentials. The Healthy Baby Show is hosted by me, Shazi Visram. Our lead producer is Jennifer Bassett. Executive producers are Nikki Itor, e. Anna Stumpf, Shazi Visram, and James Violette. Mastering and sound design by Carl Cadel and Dan Bauza. Additional writing and research by Julia Weaver. Our theme music is by Anna Stumpf and Hamilton Lighthouser. Additional music from Blue Dot Sessions.
6: Burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
5: trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry